Reading, short and deep. Hi, I'm Jesse. And I'm Eric. And today we're reading short and deep. My Last Duchess by Robert Browning uh, is first published in 1842. Is that correct? Yes. All right. I'm I'm not a, a very familiar with Browning. I, I heard the name. But this might be the first poem that I actually know is associated with it. So I'm pretty sure you picked this story <laughs> or this poem. Uh, would you care to read it to us? I'd love to. Uh, to make it easier to follow on a first hearing, uh, let me just say uh, that My Last Duchess has the subtitle Ferrara. And the form is known as a dramatic monologue. That is to say... Uh, and, and this particular poem, My Last Duchess by Browning, is what people often get taught in uh, English classes as being the archetype of the dramatic monologue. That mm-hmm. is to say, one person does all the talking, but by what the speaker uttered, we are supposed to be able to construct a scene and see to whom he may be speaking, what it is that he's surrounded by, and so on. So... My Last Duchess, Ferrara, 1842. That's my last duchess painted on the wall, looking as if she were alive. I call that piece a wonder now. Fra Pandolf's hands worked busily a day, and there she stands. Will please you sit and look at her, I said. Fra Pandolf, by design. For never read strangers like you that pictured continents, the depth and passion of its earnest glance. But to myself they turned, since none puts by the curtain I have drawn for you but I, and seemed as if they would ask me if they durst how such a glance came there. So not the first are you to turn and and ask thus, sir, t'was not. Her husband's present only called that spot of joy into the duchess's cheek, perhaps. Fra Pandolf chanced to say, her mantle laps over my lady's wrist too much. Or, paint must never hope to reproduce the faint half-flush that dies along her throat. Such stuff was courtesy, she thought, and cause enough for calling up that spot of joy. She had a heart, how shall I say? too soon made glad, too easily impressed. She liked what air she looked on, and her looks went everywhere. Sir, twas all one, my favor at her breast, the dropping of the daylight in the west, the bough of cherries, some officious fuel broke in the orchard for her, the white mule she rode with round the terrace, all and each would draw from her alike the approving speech, or blush at least, so thanked men, good, but thanked somehow, I know not how, as if she ranked my gift of a 900 years old name with anybody's gift. Who'd stoop to blame this sort of trifling, even had you skill in speech, which I have not, to make your will quite clear to such an one and say, just this or that in you disgusts me, here you miss or there exceed the mark. And if she let herself be lessened so, nor plainly set her wits to yours, forsooth, and made excuse, e'en then would I be some stooping, and I choose 
never to stoop. Oh, sir, she smiled, no doubt, whene'er I passed her. But who passed without much the same smile? This grew, I gave commands, then all smiles stopped together. There she stands, as if alive. Will you please rise? We'll meet the company below, then. I repeat, the count your master's known munificence is ample warrant that no just pretense of mine for dowry will be disallowed, though his fair daughter's self, as I avowed, at starting is my object. Nay, we'll go together down, sir. Notice Neptune, though, taming a seahorse, thought a rarity, which Klaus of Innsbruck cast in bronze for me. So I'm I'm not sure why uh, you chose this to send to me and have us talk about. Other than it made it makes me think of uh, the Oval Portrait by Edgar Allan Poe. Um, I, it may have been the same year, although it's very close. I don't. Uh, Poe would have I think the Oval Portrait is 1844 or five, but uh, yeah, I'm, it's very close. Um, but in the case of the oval portrait, the, the, the painter, the, the, the madman painting his wife, I think is a much, uh, more sympathetic gentleman than this monster, uh, the Duke. Yeah. Excuse me. I just checked. You are right. 1842 for, um, the oval portrait. It's, um, same year. It's, uh, you know, the paintings upstairs on the wall, um, curtains involved, um, a man who sort of sits and sees the image that doesn't participate in the viewing as much. Well, at least, I don't know. There's There's a lot about it. Is that what brought this to mind to you, do you think? That we had done the oval portrait? Um. Well, not in a science fiction class, that's for sure. Uh, had we done the Oval Portrait? I'm sorry, hadn't, I hadn't done my last duchess. I have taught the Oval Portrait, um, and I've written about it from time to time. Uh, I think the connection with <clears throat> the Browning is excellent. Um, I hadn't made it in my own mind, Jesse, so I don't know that that's why mm. I got motivated to send it to you. But I'm delighted at, at the parallels that you're pointing to. I think that the the dramatic situation, however, is radically different. Um, yeah. In the Oval Portrait, um, someone, blaming it on his servant Pedro, um, invades someone else's space, and he sees the portrait and reads about how the subject of the portrait died because her husband, the artist, had drawn the life right out of her to transfer it onto the uh, the canvas. Here, I, I don't think that I don't think in the oval portrait that the artist was setting out to kill. No, you know he's a much more sympathetic, sympathetic figure. He um, he's mad, perhaps he's uh, intemperate, perhaps. Uh, but this is this guy is uh, he's one of the most monstrous characters in all of anything I've ever read. He is vile. He is truly vile, and he is vile to everyone around him. 
apparently has no greater accomplishment than that he was born into an old family, uh, that is an old and um, well-reputed family. Uh, and he makes his living at it, right? So he's had one woman killed and got a big dowry for her. And now he's about to get another woman and, uh, and a big dowry again. Um, the, there's that, li that line in the Oval Portrait about how the cheek, uh, no, it was the eye and the lips, I think, were, were the final two finishing touches on the painting that drew the spirit out of, out of the wife and put it on, on the painting. And my God, this is life itself. Um, we have that same thing here, too, as he stares at this portrait and says, you know, she's alive. Look, there she is, as if alive. He says that twice. But this line... Um, paint must never hope to reproduce the faint half flush that dies along her throat. He doesn't know what the painter says, but that's what he chooses to imagine that drew that response from her, right? Yeah. That faint half flush that dies along her throat. It's like, it's almost him telegraphing how he had her killed. Indeed. Indeed. I, I, I think that that, line uh, who'd stoop to blame this sort of trifling that is yep. uh, it's a way of telling the uh, the listener who is uh, apparently the emissary of a family with whom the the duke is seeking to uh, align himself again so he can get another duchess and another dowry um, he's you know if there were rumors if there were rumors that the last duchess had died um, and if, you know, uh, she had died by murder, and if you were to think that, and even if, in fact, uh, I, I had had her murdered, uh, could you blame me? Right. <laughs> you know, of course, he doesn't want to acknowledge any of those many things, because then it would be hard from a public relations standpoint, the politics of uh, noble families marrying, it would be impossible for him to get another bride. So he has to convey all of this without actually saying it, just as the whole drama is conveyed here without having anything more than the words of one person. Um, it is a beautifully subtle, implicatory uh, narrative, which also happens to be a lovely poem, you know, in uh, 28 rhymed couplets. So mm -hmm. um, I do remember suggesting that we read it just to broaden our uh, discussion of literary forms, mm -hmm. but but putting it side by side with the Oval Portrait is really, I think, excellent because it highlights not simply the monstrosity, to use your word, um, of the speaker, but also the underlying capitalist system. Mm. that makes possible these kinds of alliances and treats people as things. Uh, Commodities, yeah. Exactly. So uh, that that's much clearer when you contrast it with the romantic love of art in the, uh, the artist within the story in the Oval Portrait. Uh, toward the end of uh, the Browning poem, uh, the speaker says, though his fair daughters, that is the, the count, uh, the count, your master's known munificence, the count's daughter, though his fair daughter self, as I avowed at starting is my object. And, you know, the word object has two clear meanings that apply here. One is she's my desire. 
she's why I've had you here because I want her. And the other is an object is a thing. And I want to possess her just as I possess um, my last duchess. Who and this role? bronze, right? Yeah. A he, he's, a, he's a collector, right? Yeah. Not just of uh, paintings and uh, sculpture, but of women and their money. Yes. And if they don't please him in the exact right way, which, you know, seems to me there was nothing in his indication of her being a monster as she was she was the opposite of him. Right. She was equally happy with pretty much every grace and beauty that was about her. And he seems to be satisfied with nothing. The, the next line there. Nay, we'll go down together, sir. Right. That makes me think that the 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 representative of the of the count is like I'm out of here. I'm fleeing. This guy's a monster. I'm not gonna right. <laughs> and then um, he's he continues his show right. Notice this expensive statue I had made by a famous artist, just as this other famous artist uh, captured my wife, right. right. Um, there's a there's a number of I mean what what's so interesting about this poem is because it's so it is so well known there's lots of people have made fun of it uh, just because it's so well known not because it's a um, not because it's a, a it's it's so it's serious. not a silly poem right it's not exactly a and so the, you know the lines um, that I thought were funny was. Uh, that my uh, that's my last Duchess painted on the, on the wall. I've tried, but I can't scrape her off at all. Right? It's the it's the form that makes people uh, and the fact that it's so well known make make stuff out of it. But it's a it's a you know people talk about sexism today. Oh my God, this is the real deal, right? Oh yeah, this is a man who uh, th those lines about stooping, who'd stoop to blame this sort of trifling. Um, and then even if you had the skill in speech, which I have not, uh, well, he knows exactly what he's doing. He may not know the effect that it's having on people, um, exactly, but he knows his intention. He's oh, very when careful. He says he has, when he says he has not skill in speech, we know that we're supposed to, that the listener is supposed to give him a shocked look. Oh, of course, you know, that says, I, you know, of course you have it, you know, skill in just speech. Just this. Or just this or that in you disgusts me. Like he, he wouldn't deign himself to say to her, just this or that in you disgusts me. Here you miss or exceed the mark. Um, so she should ex be expected to know exactly what to, what he wants at all times. Um, that's, Absolutely. That's real sexism. Oh. That's real monstr monstrosity there. And that he can't – that he won't lower himself to stoop right and then the next line and if she herself be lessened l-e-s-s-o-n-e-d um taught right uh but also made low made less oh what a monster yes and then he says and even then would be some stooping and i choose never to stoop if she so much as makes him uh, feel uncomfortable at all that's that's it she's done right it's like how could you give anyone and and the sense that 
uh, we get from the title that uh, my last Duchess, <laughs> that's not like my first Duchess or maybe even my second Duchess. It's, you know, I've been going through Duchesses. This yep. guy's a serial killer. Yes. Yes. He, he is terrible. He is a real monster. And he presents himself with the great suavity. Um, I mean, in some sense, one can think of him as a vampire. Um, yeah, he, he is. You know, living living on these these people. Uh, one of the things that that I, I think Browning impels us to do is try to draw the picture of this encounter with ever more detail. Um, and I, I, I could take the time to go through the, the process of my, my thinking here, but let me jump forward and see if I can build back and it sounds reasonable. Um, I have been to uh, noble homes of Italy, noble homes of the Renaissance period. And one of the things that struck me, uh, this was the first time was when I went to uh, a museum set up in one of these homes in Bologna. Um, they have these hugely wide and uh, steps leading up to the second floor, hugely wide. I mean, 15 feet wide, 20 feet wide. And the risers on the steps are only three inches. So there's this huge, long staircase going up. So I, I, I asked, you know, why? And it turns out that in some houses they had this so that the guests at a ball could be driven right up to the ballroom in their carriages because the ballroom was on the second floor, not the first floor the way we do it these days, because the first floor is where the servants would be and the cooking would be, and therefore the heat would rise and life went on on the second floor. The family apartments would be on the third floor. So I'm thinking when the Duke says to his listener, let us go down to them below. Right? He won't stoop, of course, metaphorically, mm -hmm. but he will literally go down. Uh, I'm thinking he's on the third floor going down to join the party on the second floor at this big, fancy, formal occasion. On the third floor. Now, if we've noticed this, that that curtain is in front of the picture of his last duchess. When the Duke says, please sit so you can look at the painting, we know that there's a chair set up so that it has a perfect view of this curtained painting. Just as in the oval portrait, I think we're in his bedroom. Mm. I think we are in his private apartment. The curtain is, is concealing and nobody would ask to have it drawn aside because my god how could you you're in the guy's bedroom and he has a picture he has covered you don't say anything but he wants to show the extraordinary intimacy that he feels he can conquer he has no shame so he's brought this guy into the bedroom the bedroom that he wants to have occupied by the woman he's hoping this guy will arrange for him to marry. He brings him into the bedroom and he's trying to show off. See, I had that terrific duchess. So, you know, you should understand in the back of your mind, your girl's getting a great deal. Cause look, if I could have had her, 
then boy, I could have had anybody. So your girl should be grateful that she gets my 900 years old name. Now he's coming down. He is, if I may say, he's flowing down the stairs from the family apartment to which he's just subjected this guy in a sense to watching him have intimate relations with his wife. The intimate relations being murder, not not sex, but he's just subjected this guy to having to look at this. And he's been crazed about it, as you say, because let's face it, when the, the wife sees other things being as good as her husband, the things that she sees as good are the sunset, you know, mm. cherry blossoms. These are not exactly ugly things. I wouldn't mind if my wife said to me, gee, you're as handsome as the sunset. Right. I mean, these are good things. Only a maniac would see it as bad to have that kind of comparison. So they flow down. And on the way, he says, notice Neptune. Right. A rarity, of course, because I have it. Right. Um, which Klaus of Innsbruck cast in bronze for me. Right. The last line is for me. Right. That's where this guy ends. Now, Klaus of Innsbruck, as far as I can tell, doesn't exist, nor does Fra Pandolf, who did the painting which begins the story. Um, He doesn't exist. But I have been to Innsbruck. Hmm. Uh, Innsbruck um, is in Austria. Um, It is uh, means the bridge, the Brook in German, the bridge over the River Inn. The River Inn. flows into the Danube and flows into the Black Sea. So um, the river in, by the way, it's a tumultuous river. uh, At least it is near Innsbruck. Uh, uh, There's lots of white water and so on. Um, The the bridge over the river in uh, is crossing um, a domain that brings us from Tyrol um, down into Italy. It gives us the the Germans and the Italians and the Danube, um, the Inn and the Danube are fresh water, but they flow into the Black Sea. Neptune is the god of both fresh water and salt water. And this guy has had Klaus of Innsbruck cast the bronze, cast Neptune in bronze for me. So this guy is saying, I've made my wife permanently beautiful and alive, but only the only eyes that can see her are mine. And another artist has taken the very God of the, the nature that connects your world with mine Mm -hmm. and made him permanent for me to see. And he is on the way down to the public areas. It's not something that would normally be seen by people visiting, um, the speaker's home. Uh, I think it's extraordinary the way Browning has gotten so much into this poem, um, the politics of it. The, and uh, when you ask us to look at it in contrast with the uh, oval portrait, the, the economics of it, the, the social issues behind it, it, it takes the art. But instead of the art being the obsession, it is possession that is mm-hmm. the obsession. It's narcissism that is the obsession, and he gets away with it because of politics and money. Yep, this is a this is a, mon- a monstrous. It's a, it's it's actually hard to read once you realize what's going on. Well, first reading, I I was 
I was just okay. I'm following the flow. Seems to have a different flow than you know the punctuations, not where I expect it to be. But it's an it's a narrative, um, and in any such uh, you know one sided narrative, uh, the the points of contact with who he's speaking to are sort of our our only way of assessing the judgment of of those who would hear the words themselves and that fleeing down the stairs or fleeing from the room uh sort of un un um un asked for un uh, without permission um is kind of what I want to do when I realized how horrible this guy is it's just it, it, he is a monster because the woman he's killed I mean, it doesn't say he killed it, but he implies it so strongly. I mean, I don't know what he could have done. She seemed so nice. Everything he said about her was like, oh, that's nice. Well, right? in, the, in the Wikipedia entry, um, mm-hmm. the, the, someone has written that um, he could have commanded uh, her murder or he could have commanded her not to smile because I, I gave commands, all smiles stopped. Uh, but I think that's wrong. Yeah. Because as you quite, quite, quite rightly did, we focus on that word lessened because it has those two meanings mm-hmm. to give her lessons and to diminish her. And he explicitly tells us he will not lessen her with an O. He will lessen her with an E. The thing that's unwritten, he will do. He'll diminish her because he'll diminish any human being and particularly mm-hmm. those he believes belong to him. But he will not lessen her, give her a message, give her a, a teaching, because that would be for him to stoop, and I choose never to stoop. So I think the Wikipedia entry is uh, is in error there. I think, yeah. in fact, the guy is a monster. He is, and he's trying to justify it. Um, the, the The fellow to whom he's speaking, uh, I don't know if he runs away. I know at first he is dumbstruck. Right. Because that's the, the, our speaker has to say, uh, will it please you rise? I mean, the guy's just sitting there like, holy crap, you're just telling me you had your wife killed. Yep. We'll meet the company below. Yes, indeed. Uh, from your viewpoint, everyone is below you. Um, and I repeat, you know, so on, so forth. You're going to make sure I get uh, there'll be plenty of money in it for me. Um, we'll go down together, sir. And indeed, I can't help but wonder. If the du- the Duke is not saying to the emissary, not only will we go downstairs to see the other people at this party, but if you don't wind up doing the thing that I want you to do, which is succeed in my suit to have the object of my desire, that your mm-hmm. your master's daughter, if if you don't do what I want you to do, you're going down. Yep. Uh, it, I, it's just like there's. If you listen to his description of her as to why, you know, what her problem was. So he says she looked on and her looks went everywhere. As It's like, oh, that's mad jealousy, right? Yep. Mad jealousy. Sir, twas all one. It was like it was all the same. My favor at her breast, right? She She liked that. The dropping of the daylight in the west. The bow of Terry, some officious fool, broke in the, in the orchard for her. 
Some somebody brought her some cherries. Maybe she asked, "Oh, is there something to eat on the cherry trees?" And somebody brings her a branch, and she's like, "Oh my!" Right? Um, the white mule. He's jealous of the white mule, a thing that can't even reproduce. Right? Yeah. A, a pure mule. She rode with round the terrace. She doesn't even leave like leave the yard, probably because he's so possessing. And all and each would draw from her a like approving speech. Oh, that's nice, right? She's just a gentle soul here. Or blush, at least. If not a word, a gentle word. She thanked men. Good, he says. But thanks somehow. I know not how. It, well, that's because it's in you, bud. That's huh. It's you who's the monster. As if she ranked my gift of a 900-year-old name with, a, with anybody's gift. That is... Um, that is the, that's the essential nub of it is I'm better than everybody. Right. The, and no one can win here. He, he will never be satisfied. He's going to murder the next one. It's like nobody could possibly survive this guy. Yes. Uh, I think that, that Browning, um, giving us that, that catalog of alternatives, uh, other things that pleased her, uh, builds to his description, uh, builds to your understanding of the character of this monster very, very well. Uh, I note that the first item in that catalog is my favor at her breast. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to think, you know, what does that mean? Um, does my favor at her breast mean uh, this wonderful jeweled brooch that I gave her that she keeps on her on her gown? Does it mean that I smiled with favor at the look of her? Because um, remember, this is an intimate scene that we have going on between the speaker and the listener. Um, my favor at her breast, if I, if I try to think of all of the, you know, I deign to fondle her. Um, if I try to think of all of the, the favor at a breast paintings that I have seen from the Middle Ages and the Renaissance, um, a huge fraction of them are suckling babies, particularly Jesus. My favor at her breast, right? She's supposed to be grateful for her, his favor at her breast. She's supposed to be grateful that this little baby God is willing to suckle on her. He is the most infantile character one can imagine. This monstrosity, as you say, no one could be good enough for him. That's because he hasn't had ego separation yet. He is a little tiny baby. He wants his mother's milk. He wants to be able to say, when I take your breast, when I like your breast, you're supposed to be happy. And she was, according to him. But yes. that's not enough. But that's not enough because there is no satisfying the, this acquisitive baby. He's he, the supreme narcissist, the narcissist turned murderer. It's a deep poem. It is. One person speaks, and yet we always have more to say.